to Pop the Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannonia Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. Hello, I'm here with Derek Banks Jr. He's a game and interactive media design student, a former star scholar, and a student ambassador here at Drexel University. And we're talking about sneakers and video games and sneakers and games. Derek, are you ready? Yes, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Let's get started. Hit the start button. Beep, beep. What was the first video game? I think my first video game was had to have been like three or four and my dad has had his old nes in the basement so we'd go down there and play super mario bros and duck hunt Mm -hmm. as well we play double dragon all the time Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then we got a wii when i was in preschool so i was like this is amazing and that was like my first gaming experience Mm -hmm. for myself i played wii sports a ton Mm-hmm. And then I got my very first console that belonged to me, my Nintendo DS. And my first game oh, on that yeah. was Kung Zoo. It was like this little hamster game where they were like samurai and ninjas. It I was, really missed out on a lot. It was an amazing, it's one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> my first game that I consider my favorite game is Pokemon Black. Mm. I was in third grade for Christmas when I got that game. And to this day, it probably still is my favorite game of all time. And people ask me, like, what's your favorite game? I'm like, that's a hard question. But I'm going to tell you Pokemon Black. Because Pokemon Black is what got me into video games, really. That's what cemented my spot in gaming. characters, the music, the story, all of those things were encapsulated together to make this beautiful package of a game that for me, I was able to fully realize and like see like, wow, this is an amazing game. And even 10 years later, after playing that game for the first time, yeah. this thing, the way the story and narrative was built up through that whole story and the gameplay was just amazing. During the pandemic, I played and beat Cuphead. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. That is a very difficult game. Thank you. <laughs> I just like the pictures at first. And I brought up Cuphead because it is hard. And I feel like there were many points of, I'm never going to beat this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I just don't know. But then when you beat it, or like you beat the person that you were like, I'm never, there's just no way. This is impossible. It is like the best. Feeling. Feeling in all of the world. So is that like a feeling that you are like chasing? Is that the dragon that you're chasing? Yes. The feeling of like, success? Like literally, yes. Like mm-hmm. when I play video games now, especially with modern games, you can tell how the developers are building the game. Yeah. Like when you play different games, if you compare something like Fortnite to something like Mario Wonder or Spider-Man, there's a very different gap between those games. Fortnite's a very like pay to get stuff. You got to do all these little things. We're going to keep updating the game. That's how a lot of games function this, mm-hmm. these days. Whereas a lot of the games from the old, the classic games, or a lot of retro games, it's like you have to earn your way to victory, you know? And mm-hmm. I love playing games. Like that's why I like, I prefer to play older games now because like mm-hmm. they have much more of a challenge. There's more story. There's more things to do. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not that difficult of a game but like there can be challenges in the game but when you overcome those certain challenges that you have it feels so good you don't see that every day love that sound 
least from my experience, that's what I that's what I definitely felt. So going forward with making games, I want to be able to create experiences that are like similar to those old retro games. That like mm -hmm. you have to earn your way to the top. <laughs> you know, I like that. I like that experience. Like not too hard. But just difficult yeah, enough to, you know, get you past and, like, want you to keep playing. Do you repeat games? I have played a game multiple times. Yokai Watch 3, that is the game I've played multiple That's times. That's with ghosts, right? Kind of. So, Yokai Watch, it's a Japanese folklore thing, and they're like yeah. dead spirits that yeah. have these different mm -hmm. powers effectively. I was in seventh grade and I was like, I need to play this series. But only the first game was in English. So the rest of the series was in Japanese. And by seventh grade, I, there was already two and three out. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting a Japanese 3DS and was able to play Yokai Watch 2 and 3 in Japanese. And I played them, beat the entire games, played the post game, and even got Yokai Watch 4 and played it in beaten in Japanese. It's one of my favorite games. When it comes to game genres, mm -hmm. creature collector games are one of my favorite kind of games. Those games like Pokemon where you have all these oh, okay. different creatures. I mm -hmm. love games like that. So like Yokai Watch, Pokemon, anything of that sort of kind of game are some of my favorites. I also like racing games, mm. fighting games, and role-playing games. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very important when you're playing a game because you get to fully take on your narrative. So I want to start moving in towards like sneakers and video games. Yes. So do you remember when you first got stoked for a pair of sneakers? <sighs> I'm going to say it was when Into the Spider-Verse came out back in 2018. Oh, okay. I wasn't really huge into sneakers then. I was just like, I could, I would just wear whatever I could afford at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, not really focused on them. That was still like my initial video game phase. Yeah. But Spider-Verse, I got to see that movie. <laughs> There's shoes coming out for the movie. And that's what kind of clicked in my head of why sneakers mm. actually started to become cool. Now, the first pair I actually got that I was physically looking for were the ones from across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Yeah. I actually was able to get the shoes Full circle. this time around and enjoy the movie. It's my favorite movie of all time currently. So, <laughs> How many yes. times have you seen it? I saw it three times in theaters. The wow. day it came out, right in the middle, and the very last day was in theaters. At three different theaters, so I saw all the different versions as well. Oh my so. gosh. That's such a dedication to the craft of both storytelling and the way that sneakers help amplify characters or help tell yes. the story of characters, yes. which I know you're really interested in. It's mm -hmm. like I know that video games have become more cinematic. Yes. But I'm just interested to know more about like how they operate as you have seen them in video games. Shoes as a whole in video games can vary from being a character that's barefoot depending on the time of the game. Like <laughs> if it's like a fantasy, older type game or a more like dystopian era game, it's going to be more casual. Nothing crazy. It's going to be like sometimes even metallic. Like if it's a night, you know, they're not going to be wearing sneakers or anything. Yeah. <laughs> video games have a very wide range of locations, time periods and stuff like that where you can really see the differences. But when it comes to sneakers specifically, it can also vary because mm -hmm. there's different styles of shoes depending on the type of game it is. So like my favorite example probably is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. mainly because that's part of their design. You know, I've studied the design of Sonic characters and how like their form factor works and their hands, heads and feet are large, like very much larger compared to the rest of their body. So putting an emphasis on their shoes and how they work and considering that a lot of them run, yeah. um, I think is also very cool. Specifically Sonic Riders, as a game I've been playing a lot recently on the GameCube. So Shadow the Hedgehog, he has these boots that are like, let him hover and skate across different oh. planes. 
So they have one of the vehicles you can use in the game is just different variations of his boots for each character. So instead oh, of wow. riding on a hoverboard, mm-hmm. they're all like skating across levels in the game. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I was thinking about the way that Sonic is morphed. And I don't know how much he has changed over time. But when I was a young person playing, he is mostly just sneakers and hair. Yep. Which is really the dream, I think, of all young kids who want to be <laughs> teenagers. Yes. Is all I want is sneakers and hair. That yes. is what I want to define. So really a model for multiple generations generations at this point of cool and also practical because he runs so much so the idea of him being barefoot his little toesies have to be protected and and cared for just like in the movie so you won't hurt your feet anymore really Mm mm-hmm no one's ever given me a gift before i gotta check that off my bucket list (laughs) all right looking good (laughs) Are there any other games that you think get sneakers right? Well, obvious answer is 2K um, mm-hmm. because it's a basketball <laughs> yeah. game and they and they allow you to make shoes. That's what kind of, I think for me when I was younger and I played 2K a little bit, I was like, I can make my own character in my own shoes. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So when I was able to kind of take that like real shoes and kind of see them do their thing, I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Being able to physically use the character's shoes and put them on my character in game and play mm-hmm. actual games with different customized versions of like Jordans or Nike shoes. You know, it's it was pretty special to me as a kid. At least to my knowledge, there's not a lot of games that have sneakers as a focus, you know? Yeah. They're more of like an asset in the game or just a kind of a part of a character's design. Mm-hmm. But a recent example I think of is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, my most anticipated game of the year, actually. <laughs> um, it's a game that's kind of centered around culture, dance style, and mm-hmm. a bunch of different like hip-hop-esque techno dance type music so it combines like different dance moves um bmx skateboarding and rollerblading and each character has their own unique design that kind of shows that street wear Sneakers, I'm looking at them and I'm like, I can pinpoint where these shoes look like in the actual real world. Like I Mm. see some of them like with a very similar type of shoe build to a Jordan 1 or an Air Max Dawn. Mm -hmm. So seeing those references in their own way, I think is really cool. And I also want to tie this into the custom Nike shoes. Please do, because I've spent a lot of time on that site. I think my love for like creating shoes and like seeing how the colors worked was with 2K Mm -hmm. and then getting to do that with the Nike program as well I think I figured that out this summer and I could do that I was like this is amazing <laughs> I made at least 15 in like a, a span of a day just <laughs> trying out the colors they had and seeing what I could do to make them like reference certain things I, I made a pair of Sonic shoes with some Air Forces <laughs> like I was so happy with that I'm also surprised by what I think will work in my head because you can get so into the details of like this is what the laces look like and this little section here mm-hmm. and I really I've really come to terms with how I'm not a designer because my shoes always look so janky by the end (laughs) but I think it also speaks to how hard it is to really design something that is functionable fashionable and hip for sure like what is your is it just about for you experimentation and play or what's the process that's a very difficult question to answer (laughs) I'm still figuring out that process myself okay um design is one of those things that's like I gotta feel it Mm -hmm. to make it work there's a lot of times I'll start a drawing and it just never ends up the way I want it to look you know Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like trying to figure out colors and different design aspects to make something look cool without a reference, it's very difficult.
your mom. I have a question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye. Sup, mom? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all those things, actually. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go to PopQuestPod on any one of those and follow. If you want to send us ideas, you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at Podcast, or you can get us directly at popq at drexel.edu. You can actually find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I can help set it up when I get home, but then you have to promise me to rate and review. All right. Love you. Bye. My challenge for the summer in my project was creating a shoe, at least a soul for a shoe, based around a character from Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest challenge because I'm like, how do I incorporate this character's design into a shoe sole? The bottom part of the shoe was like, what am I going to do to make that stand out? So what I did was make it edgy, pointy. And then I added different aspects of the characters, so like his cape in the back or like mm-hmm. the eyes from the character. And then different turbo things he had on his gauntlets, you know. So it's not just a 2D line. It's got some 3D elements to it. It's mm-hmm. got more than just a regular soul. It's got more attachments, more things to make it stand out. Then with color, of course, color it in the same way the character is, you know. Thinking yeah. about all those different things, I think, definitely helps. And having reference definitely helps, too. I'm interested to know, like, what it is that resonates for you about spider-man in these iterations and how like why creating a sneaker based on this film was like important and like had to happen because you devoted 10 weeks yes to developing the sneaker and we'll get a little bit more into the (laughs) starness but i really would like to start there in terms of like what was it that you were like this has this has to happen i have to create the sneaker when it comes to spider-man Miles Morales, iteration of Mm Spider-Man, is my favorite Marvel superhero. My name is Miles Morales. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, and for like two days, I've been the one and only Spider-Man. I think you know the rest. For me, it's like, he reminds me of myself a lot, and Mm -hmm. my friends always call me Miles Morales, so I have the costume and everything, Mm -hmm. so I I have the, the stats to back it up. Probably out of every fictional character, probably Miles Morales is my favorite. And also, I always loved Peter Parker since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved Peter Parker. Don't get me wrong. Peter Parker is the original, the goat of Spider-Man. <laughs> and then when I saw Miles Morales when I was in like fifth grade, I was like, that's just me. Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. In the first movie, it had a classic pair of Air Jordan 1s. Retro 1 Chicago color, just red and white, and, and the black Nike logo. Right. Perfect crispy pair of shoes i still want them to this day but it was like it's such a striking difference like when you see everyone else in their uniform in their brown shoes seeing a character not afraid to show his style with his shoe with the sneakers i was like that's amazing you know (laughs) it it makes him stand out amongst everyone else and then when it came to the design aspect the movie was for me is so influential because it's just a huge step for animation you know Mm It was one of those things where it's like, it's not just a regular animated 3D movie. It is a special type of animation. It's got a slower frame rate. It's got a more stylized look and feel to it. And I love things that are heavily stylized, especially that look like Spider-Verse. So seeing how the characters interacted, how the different set pieces interacted, how their shoes specifically interacted, Mm. especially Miles, seeing how it worked, I think was cool. So being able to take my own spin on that 
with a different version of Miles's character in a different universe, seeing how I could make that into a different shoe. Mm. So he has his own shoe, but there's very limited amounts. So I'm like, how can I make my own version that I can wear myself? That's yeah. unique to me. In terms of your star project, you have all of these ideas about the significance of popular culture and how they are interrelated with the sneaker industry, how there's like a back and forth between like sneakers helping amplify pop culture and popular culture, influencing sneakers. You have 10 weeks to do a project. Where do you even start with this big idea? It all started on a fateful day and I walk into the lab and it's a lab full of a bunch of different things, music production, animation, 3D printing. But the most important thing is the sneaker wall, Mm. which is why it's a lot of the times called the sneaker lab. Because it's just a giant wall full of sneakers. Mm. And that interested me. I was like, oh, (laughs) that seems fun. So then as the year moved forward, we started actually designing shoes and using VR spaces, 3D printing them out, then having different fabrics, attaching them together and seeing how we could fully make a shoe from scratch. You know, Mm. that was such an amazing process. So I was like, okay, how can I take this a step further for my star project? Because I was like... This is what I'm going to do for Star, no matter what. I'm making a shoe. <laughs> I'm doing something shoe-related because I, I have a space to do it yeah. and I have someone to do it with. I don't think anybody understands this is happening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly how I felt. So I got to learn these steps myself. Mm-hmm. got to teach myself how to do this entire process from scratch. I know how to 3D model because class, but like I got to figure out how to make it more unique, more stylized than I want it to be improve my sketching ability so I can conceptualize what mm. I really want to do as fast as possible. So my process for the whole project for the 10 weeks was the first week or two, I researched shoes. So like I went on mood boards, top 10 lists, newspapers and stuff like that. Found like, what are these top 10 shoes from like 2022? You know, mm. what were the shoes that were the most sold or the most popularized through different media forms? And then going on other websites to see like what were the most sold shoes this year and last year. And then mm. I made a, a giant like 17 page document full of all these different shoes. It was it was a grueling process, mm-hmm. but it was worth it because I was able to cross reference and see like, okay, this is what a general consensus of people would know through looking at these different shoes. So I picked nine of these shoes that most people would at least have at least seen before, mm-hmm. if not worn. Mm-hmm. And then I went to interview about 15 or so different people, ranging from sneakerheads, friends with a varying array of knowledge of sneakers and family members, yeah. and were able to get a pretty broad look at all these different shoes. And I also had two different colorways for each shoe. So I had like the regular basic colorway that most people would usually see them in or at least recognize mm-hmm. them for. That had like a really outlandish, really flashy colorway to see if that would change their answers. So then I was like, okay, Now that I have those data points, Mm -hmm. now it's time to actually create. Mm -hmm. So I spent most of the summer like just kind of sketching out different soul designs under a Jordan one that I had in my Clip Studio Paint on my computer. And I was just sketching them out, seeing how it would look, and then mashed them together. Added their different best of parts to them Mm -hmm. and made two different finalized colored variants. Then I 3D modeled them, 3D printed them, and then assembled them. And then I had my finished data product. That is bananagrams to me. <laughs> That's incredible. I never thought I'd be able to do any of this stuff, but I can. Anyone can wear the mask. You could wear the mask. If you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. What was your favorite part of the project? So I think my favorite part of the project itself was the conceptualizing portion. Because mm. my favorite thing to do was conceptualize anything. That's what I want to do with <laughs> video games going forward is just conceptualize yeah. character stories and just, I love sketching. Mm-hmm. So being able to just sketch, don't have to worry about like coloring in the lines or whatever. I can just go ham. You know, mm-hmm. I like doing that. That was my favorite part of just like, okay, how can I make this 
character of Miles into a shoe? You mm-hmm. know, how can I design these different aspects? How can I place these things in the right spot? And I tried placing stuff all over the different parts of the shoe. Having those kind of things, just thinking outside the box and designing stuff based around not realistic limits, I think was the most fun part. Yeah. Then trying to constrain those into realistic limits and make them an actual product. I mean, I know that you were working on this stuff prior to Star, but in this 10-week cycle, you really like got knee-deep into mm-hmm. it. What are the things that you took away from? Like, What are the transferable skills to like the next part of your life? I think the biggest skills I got out of it were determination and like self-work because well it was a lot of self-driven work Mm because this is a self-driven project really but I also of course like design taking things to a different level you know not just designing like I'm just gonna draw the character draw Mm -hmm. different parts of the character on this specific clothing item 3d modeling I improved my 3d modeling skills Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at it but I improved (laughs) on it a lot just by trying to mimic like the style a little bit but when it comes to creating things I Mm -hmm. don't sit still when it comes to creation so like I do music production creating characters music and characters are the things I like the most those are what draw me to video games Mm -hmm. and draw me to different things in life so being able to create my own is like what I always think about so like when you're putting together a character what is your approach and then how does that like focus on character creation also work in like the shoe creation Mm -hmm. and understanding that dynamic when i think of character creators as an artist that's someone i like to draw myself a lot Mm -hmm. i have my own vision of my fictional character you know, mm-hmm. for my all my different like social media stuff, I have my own character. He's got his blue hair. He looks like me, but got blue <laughs> hair and a blue and yellow color scheme. So when I'm creating characters for video games, I focus on that. Mm-hmm. I start with, okay, let's make it look like me a little bit. Yeah. Then to make the hair blue, <laughs> and I'm good. Yeah. You know, and change the color scheme to blue and yellow, my favorite color scheme. And then from there, being able to see my characters do different things in different games. But like I can still pinpoint like, yo, that's still me mm-hmm. in this game or this game style. I think is really cool. I have one finalish question. Yes. So like in listening to you talk about video games and liking collecting and liking obstacles, did you ever think about that in relation to your research style and like how research is a lot of collecting, yeah. a lot of obstacles? What was maybe your big boss? Yeah. For Star? I think the big boss was 3D modeling mm. the shoe. Because mm-hmm. 3D modeling is very difficult. So being able to fully create something myself and not mess it up, I was like, <laughs> let's go. The big boss is completed. <laughs> and the rest of it is just easy. Mm-hmm. So I think the storyline is I have to make this shoe by the end of this narrative, right? Mm-hmm. I have to create this thing. So how am I going to get there? Well, I got to start by seeing what's already there. So I'm going to different shops, right? Yeah. Find these different resources to use on my journey. And like in the context of Pokemon, I have to fight these gym leaders, which are these I guess milestones you could call them. So like mm-hmm. I have, by this week I gotta have all this data here, right? Once I get that, I get the badge, I get to move forward. And then I go forward and finally get to the final boss, the end game, to fight the three D modeling process. <laughs> That's the big thing I'm preparing for. So yeah, I, but it was overall a very good experience. I learned a lot and I, I definitely enjoyed it. Well, that's great. Well, Derek, this has been like an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank and you talking. for having me. Oh my gosh. I appreciate it a lot. It was my pleasure. Pop the question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Cantoric with additional audio production by Noah Levine. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paula Morans-Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. Mm-hmm.
honestly do. What we talking about? Practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We talking about practice, man.